gentlemen, good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, wherever your time zone is, and welcome to Left Back on the Bench podcast. I am Lucas Uhert, you all know me, just Lucas, normally hosts the podcast, but you all know the partner in crime, Mr. Charlie Cullen. Charlie, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I I bet you're happy I didn't introduce you as the Cobra. Yeah, you still bring it up. Um, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna mention. Uh, I, was gonna say I like, I like that. The intro was fine. Very good. <laughs> I get Charlie's um, seal approval. Mad weekend. It's mad. Yeah, it's been mad. Mad football has been mad this weekend. Let's look. We, uh, the fans all know. Whoever watches podcasts, whoever keeps up with the Premier League, me and Charlie are smiling like Cheshire cats after yesterday's victory. Against Southampton, when Manchester United were two 0 down in the first half, um, a Jan Bederek goal and a James Ward-Prowse goal, and at halftime, Man United made a few changes. Surprisingly, Dave De Gea went off for Dean Henderson. David De Gea did suffer a knee injury from the James Ward-Prowse free kick, and Edison Cavani, who had a surprising boot change before coming on. So, Charlie, what did you think about United's performance yesterday? Overall, pretty good. Yeah. First half, I think the the got the set piece goal, Benarex goal. I feel is just like atypical of us. Like we, the zonal marking, I think is something that we still really need to work on. I think in that yeah, we still definitely. let men, we still let we always let it seems to let a man or two just sort of free. And mm. really, it's like yeah, we need to start thinking about either picking man up, being a bit more like tactically astute. I think it was. Um, I can't remember who it was on the back post, but they had like Walcott in front of them, holding them off. Yeah, I think I think oh, Tellez oh, missed the first initial header. It went over him, and Ben Direct was in front. Just I want to say it was. I can't remember who it was, but one of them was at the back post, and like you see, like Walcott holding him off. I'm thinking, why don't you just fucking sp- spin him and get in front of him? And then like, if you're in front of that like hole, you might be able to clear it, like get a body on it or the header, like you know. But you know that's stuff to work on, and. Ward Prowse's goal is, you know, he's a great free kick taker. I don't think De Gea could have done much more on that, to be fair. And he was just unfortunate to then hurt his knee on, on the save attempt. Yeah. Well, um, just to, uh, just an update: David De Gea has taken MRI scans as we speak. Um, they say he might be available for um, Wednesday's game against Paris Saint Germain, but who knows? Who knows what the extent of the injury? Yeah, it didn't look ter- it didn't look like a, it didn't look like a terrible injury because he did still get up and. Like yeah. he made it to the end of the half, so yeah, which that, which is a positive, is positive signs. But yeah. Man United have got the probably the better, better better number two in the whole whole Premier League, maybe the whole. Well, we've world. always had like a, you know it's weird, right? Because even like our third choice keeper, which is Romero, yeah, if, he, if he's still training and stuff, like Romero was always a solid second. Like honestly, probably too good and as experience level to be a second choice keeper. Still feel like I w- he's one of them. If he left, uh, I'd I'd hope well for him to get like a good starting keeping role because I feel like he is too good to really be yeah. playing back up all the time. It's just hard when you like you got De Gea like in front of you, who for years was like arguably the best goalkeeper in the world, and now you have Dean Henderson, who is arguably becoming like the best prospect, prospective English kid goalkeeper in years. You know what I mean? Like so, there's yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely like a uh, some upside with Man United's goalkeeping it's, situation. It's it's hard, and like you know, goalkeeping is one of the things where like 
it's not like other positions where like if you're competing for a starting place you'll get your chances because of injury and stuff like keep, keepers don't miss games a lot so it's always going to be a bit of a yeah bit of a nightmare at times getting involved but overall i think the only problem we really had was um was the uh the lack of a striker to aim for i think you know rashford still kind of tends to like hang off the wing and stuff like that he's not a target man type forward so it's kind of hard to aim for him if you're a midfielder or trying to put a ball in and greenwood i think was sort of half and half in between you know he hasn't played a lot of games i think he's still getting his back into the swing of things so i think bringing on cavani did help it was good it was good i think you know he's proven coming off into that second half that he's he can bring something different as far as his positional awareness, his movement, like as a target man. And for you know, I think you know when he become he, because he, he Rashford is still technically playing as a, he's like a second striker winger hybrid, which is weird to say, but it allowed it allowed him to sort of get into that space off the left, and you know Teller's had a lot of space at times as well because they like you know because in like Southampton started after like you know watch out for Cavani, yeah. Yeah, and the fact uh, that he was like the we you know it's obvious. If, I think Southampton's players were quite clearly been able to realise like okay, they're gonna aim for him. So the fact that he still did as good as he get, did to get his two goals was yeah, very uh, exactly exactly. And I think with Mason Greenwood, I think he's just lacking a bit of confidence at the moment because he can still get there. Yeah, it's, it's a confidence issue. You've had the British press. On his back for since since the England incident. Pricks. He's yeah. had pricks on his back. Yeah, he's had pricks on his back, and the English media it's hard. It's like it's like the Spanish media. It's hard, but all in all, it's good signs. Edison Cavani played. I, I was I was actually really impressed with him. I actually you start to fall in love with Edison Cavani at Man United because everything he did the, the game against Istanbul Besiktas he he actually actually come back like he actually tracked back sometimes he was actually the last the yeah the wait, he was the like the last man for one of the uh, Southampton's chances and I was like what? how did yeah, he get back to the think, yeah exactly and this is where you great this is where you look great. at um the I think the overall though like I know Cavani has been the main focal point because of him getting two goals um mm. In general, I thought it was a very solid team for us. I thought defensively we weren't. Minus, yeah, obviously, the it's, first goal, I didn't think. Yeah, but that's. We about, I didn't think we were that bad. Like, I think Maguire and Lindelof looked solid as always. Wambasaka is Wambasaka. You know, he's a tackling machine. It's mm-hmm. kind of what we've come to expect of him. And, I, and to be fair, I'll give him credit. When he did have to go forward, he didn't do too bad. Like, he pushes forward pretty well nowadays. Yeah, he, he, Still, guys, he, he takes on the man, and he's, he's, his, delivery, his cost and delivery isn't. As bad as people make it out to be, no, that's that's Tellers the... is forward like Tellers is clearly like better going back. forward, but he comes back as well, so it's always a good, it's always a good. Hopefully, he's time. not too bad. He looked like he had a bit of a knock as well, yeah, but um, that, that's just probably playing week in week out consistently. Yeah, you know, Brandon Brandon just did the job. Like yeah. bless him, he's still coming into his own. I feel um, midfield was incredible. Was I, good. I thought, I think Matt. Matched his job. He's the he's the wall. Pretty solid. Fred was a machine. Like yeah. I swear, like he, Fred's, Fred, you Fred, see, Fred's been getting better and better each season. Hey, there's there's a clear farm. You see, Fred he gets like Something, clattered yeah. by two of them. Yeah. Like they can't like do the old like shoulder check, like sandwich him in, and he just doesn't go down. He like somehow keeps balance and still keeps possession of the ball to pass it off. It's like damn. Um, 
Donny Van der Beek, I feel like he needs to mention. He's, he's, impre- he's a bit impressive. His first Premier League start, he played the full 90 and he looked like... He looked, he looked, he looked like so, the missing So league. good. He looked like Just, the... you know, Fred, um, Donny Van der Beek and uh, Bruno Fernandes together, like the... And this has been my issue after when we've had McTominay and Fred and Matic all together. It's like not quick enough as far as passing. Mm. Them three in the midfield with Matic as like the solid body behind. Yeah. It provides us so much more pace as far as passing and movement going. Passing the ball forward, which is something that I've been critical of before in that sometimes we do tend to drip like... Um, yeah, you, do, you, you, you play from the back and... It go it goes nowhere. Pogba picks it up. Too, yeah, quite, you know, and it, too slow, too slow to make decisions. Everyone's like, you know, and, you know, even like Donny, like don't get me wrong, Donny, Bruno, they're trying stuff. It doesn't come off all the time, but I'll give it like Bruno. We know we'll try and win the ball back. Donny was fucking incredible in the fact that he, uh, um, Donny Valley was incredible in the fact that he just sort of like even if he lost the ball, he was very quick to win back possession and like sort yeah. of. You know, really, the, the one who had the worst game, and it's not even like he still scored a goal and got an assist, was Bruno Fernandes. Like, he didn't look particularly... And I think that's the thing with Bruno. He's one of them where he tries doing so much, he can frustrate himself sometimes. Yeah, he over, he, over, think, com- he overdoes it. He overdoes. And I think it kind of like took... The, winning the goal and then Cavani coming on, it allowed him to sort of breathe a little bit and like, okay, I, I can refocus a little bit. I don't need to sort of... And a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the play he does, Bruno Fernandez, even when like, I just don't think he has, he does summer, but he overcompensates for it. But with Cavani, he probably some some of the play some of the some of the play you you, you link up between uh, Bruno and Cavani, they have that sort of like they know where everyone they're going to be, so they've got yeah. faith in each other, like with. A lot, lot of the younger lot, especially like Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, a lot of, lot of them, they're still young and they're still trying to learn and get get into good well, positions. Really, I think with Rashford and Martial, it's the fact that positionally they've changed so much over there, like from Van Gaal to yeah. Mourinho to Oli. Like Rashford, there was like the question of, are you a centre forward? Are you a winger? I think we've clearly come to the conclusion he's better off the, off the, off the wing. Yeah. I think, you know, he got the, the assist for the second goal off that. Like, And I think it's proven like he can do that. He can cross a ball in. And again, when he's not trying, he's another one of them. If when he's trying to do too much, he gets himself caught out and it makes him look a bit, looks, makes himself look a bit silly sometimes. But really his focal point was get into that space, aim for the striker, worked out perfectly for the third goal and got us the winner. Martial, similar situation. I think there's still a debate of like what he's trying to find himself as like what kind of striker he is, what kind of forward. And I think he will come good eventually. It's just, it's hard. He's at, it's, it's hard when you start slow and trying to get that. Because again, like you said, confidence. Yeah. You got to try and not lose confidence and keep pushing forward. And Martial, he's one of them. I think he's easily frustrated when it's, um, doesn't, yeah, we've seen it before. I mean, we've seen it before, and people moan about it, and I feel like I'm a big defender of him. Where, oh, he charges off, and he looks miserable, and it's like, yeah, but you would be too if you're you're having a bad game. Like he's he's trying to prove himself. Like he's got a Ballon d'Or clause in his contract. The man's trying to prove like he is a world class great. Like I think as far as his 
starting position in the Man United team, finally getting chances in the French squad, France squad after years of sort of being left Ex- out. Exiled from he's the squad, probably, yeah. Yeah, he's probably thinking, like, i got to start coming Come coming with it. Zone. Yeah, I agree. And Greenwood, like we said, this, this is still an eight, we've got to remember, this is still an 18-year-old kid, a lot of media, I think unwanted and unneeded media attention, a lot of personal stuff, like, that's happened in his life, God bless him, so... You know, he's, he'll come good. I think it's just it's the growing pains of like, you know, it's it's kind of a shame really because I think this is like something like when you get like shit pieces like the Sun, Daily Mail, like we don't have this sort of care to, you know, English pride and like team spirit doesn't translate to the media where it's like really players like him, Foden, Grealish. Um, Rashford, we want him to be doing well. We want him to be like pushing forward as far as like, uh, you know, nurturing the future of the England football team because we want to win shit as like fans of England. Um, we want to see us take home a Euro or a or a World Cup. Yeah, and you know, it's like, and you know, that goes to like some of the other players. I think Kyle Walker for years got scrutinised. Sterling is always, I think, unfairly scrutinised by British media. And it's like, uh, don't want to set an agenda here, but it's almost like... Yeah, they're... they're, they're it's almost like the Sun and the Daily Mail don't like black people who are successful. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know, that's a bit... <laughs> that's a bit of a long shot. Might, might be... You Might be really... a controversial opinion, but yeah, that's that how it a, feels sometimes. That is a very, very, very controversial opinion there, Charlie. I don't see him fucking ragging on Foden like they have been Rashford and uh, stuff. Um, you know, they, I mean, they gave Rob Foden shit here and there, but yeah. not, not the same as like Rashford or Greenwood, so. Yeah, no, no I agree with you. I agree with and, you. Know, I, I, I think you and me were, like, so high when we saw Greenwood's debut last season and, like, how he sort of progressed coming, through that season. to his own, getting better. Yeah, game, I mean, more, like... Yeah, it, to see a teenager be that consistent, like, you know, shades of Owen and Rooney, man. You want to see more like that. You want to see these kids who, like... Because, you know, when you're 16, a lot of the time there's always people... 16 to 18, people are always going to be like, but is he ready? Is he good enough? And it's like... I mean, Green was one of them. He's good enough, so we want to be yeah, nurtured. I didn't, I didn't think he played that bad against Southampton. I think he was getting in positions. Yeah, he had chances. The, the Unfortunate, but you know he'll get there. But Rash, but Rashford's Rashford's one of these players who you can't really take Rashford off because Rashford's just. I think Cavani and him at the moment it would just clash because I just I don't know I don't see them two working together. I see Rash Rashford and Cavani. That's why I think you know Oli made the right decision keeping Rashford. It's on. weird, like I said, like I feel the diamond because we have such strength in that midfield. Like that might be the way to go, but we really got to work out how, how we play. I think Rashford, man, he's a, he's a floating sort of winger anyway. He can play both sides. So I think the idea of him maybe being the uh, the sort of cross the cross the pitch winger yeah. and having Cavani remain your target man inside forward. Yeah, I agree. It's I like, agree. like you know, it's not the same thing. But you had like Andy Cole was always the target man, and whether it be like York or Sheringham or whoever it was, they were like the. But just behind poaches, sort of striker. The poachers, I'd say. Yeah, like, poaches. you know, York, York, York didn't probably... York never had the tally of Cole because Cole was always the main central centre-forward. But York got a decent share of goals because he was, like, there to pick up. And I think that would be, like, what Rashford could potentially become in a way in that 
okay, Bald isn't necessarily going to land directly for Cavani in the middle. You have Rashford come off the wing. Cavani can lay it off. Like, and then you have like the midfielders like Bruno in the attacking position just behind Tellez if he overlaps. Rash, um, Wan-Bissaka if he overlaps. So there's ways of getting around it, I think. And it'll be curious to see how, how and if we go forward with the diamond. But I think this was the best display of it since... Um, we utilised it against... Um... Oh, we utilised big. Yeah. But yeah, without... That, without I can't speak today. Yeah, without further ado, let's just speak about um, a catastrophic injury that happened yesterday in the Wolves versus Arsenal game. Before we speak about the Wolves versus Arsenal game, um, I just want to wish Raul Jimenez the best of luck. Um, it's resulted in a fractured skull, that clash with heads with David Luiz. Um he is in a stable position, I hear, and um, we just hope, hopefully, he can actually return back on the field because. Raul yeah, Jimenez... further, he's conscious now, and I think his wife, he's seen his wife and everything now, which is nice. Um, yeah. Best wishes to David Louise as well. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, and David Louise. It's a weird culture of like football where I feel like you respect him as like a warrior for like yeah. going back out there and playing with yeah. the head wound but at the same time you think man you, you, you like, you're lucky to get you're lucky to get off unscathed really not as bad as Raul Jimenez who's... it was a bad but even then like to see him like you, yeah, you don't you know, the amount of bleeding through the bandages was very like very, yeah it's just good it's, it's, it was great that all the medical guys on hand at the Etihad was there to Make sure everyone was right, and you see, you see the players. The players were upset as well. So you said, yeah, yeah. No, Emirates. I said Emirates. Yeah, Emirates. But yeah, um, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like this has raised a lot of questions in the media. I mean, I've watched um, clips of Jermaine Jenner, Alan Shearer on BBC's um, punditry team. They were debating the concussion protocols of the Premier League football, well, English football in general. So I think, I think it's become, it's become known to the world now that you need to take concussions especially CTE quite seriously and um, it's happened a lot I watch a lot of American football and um, the amount of head injuries they have it doesn't actually affect them straight away it could affect them a lot longer in their well, life it's weird right because the big ones are obviously like the ones that you sort of look back and get really concerned about like, like the skull fractures and like yeah. the big concussion hit, concussions at the same time, we've also got the concern of like smaller concussions, which yeah. you'll know from NFL as well. But like, yeah, anything. I've I've had I've had numerous concussions. You know, but you might look at like a small tackle and like be like, oh, that's fucking nothing. Whatever. Like he'll get back up and he's fine. Mm. The build up of these small like tackles in American football, rugby, even in football, like with like headers and other like clash it like falling and sort of rolling and hitting your head and stuff like that. That builds up over time as well. Yeah, it does. And it really does. You and I think with the recent announcement of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton's Alzheimer's, and I think the fact that previous footballers of that age have sort of come in and like there's been like a lot of people with like Alzheimer's dementia. There is the concern of do we need to be a bit more precarious as far as studying and taking care of head trauma. In sport, football especially, because I think, um, and Sheeran put it quite well in the fact that there's this talk of, I think in rugby union, rugby league, there's the concussion substitute rule. 
Yeah, I've, I, 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 yeah, I'm literally, I'm on, I'm on the internet now, and I, I yeah. can see that it's coming a big, is is popular so, trending at the moment. To explain the rule in rugby union, if someone goes down and they do the concussion test and they seem a little bit, ooh, but they still pass, it's like, okay, you're allowed to have a substitute on because of concussion. No, we're, so you bring r- rugby's ass. Rugby's a bit different. You're allowed roll and roll off subs. Okay, yeah, like well, you, this is the idea of um, this is like a potential idea like that could be applied to football and the idea of like can... a roll on roll off sub for like like a, a, a concussion sub. Someone goes down concussed, the person comes off for a bit, mm. they can analyze them. You bring the sub on, yeah, and mm. then if the player is then like I'm good, they do the test. Yeah, you seem good. Yeah, you can go back on the pitch. Yeah, I've I I I'm and... a big favor of that. Even even if someone goes hurt, like but Shearer put it quite. Poignantly, when they're talking about bringing in, I think early next year, and he's saying, "Why are we not just doing it now? Why, are, like, we not trialing this now to, like, you know?" Because I think he's Shearer's because I imagine Shearer as a as a former striker and you know centre forward, he's probably like uh, there's probably a lot of footballers of that age now who are going to be concerned of like shit, like maybe I need to start like to get myself tested, checking my own sort of you know. Have my own like head head check just to make sure like I've not I'm not going to suffer from this because it's probably scary when you look at like people you grew up admiring, mm. you know, dying and suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's, all this different like head trauma. But I'm, I'm probably su- thinking like you know I'm surprised I'm surprised it hasn't actually come in effect in in this sport in football. Like cricket, cricket, they have concussion protocols. Well, they, they can break. The issue, the issue with it is, a lot of the time that you can do the concussion protocols and stuff like that. The protocols themselves are allegedly kind of, I don't want to say they're bad. Like, there are ways around it. Mm. You can like players have allegedly previous, and I think a lot of like ex players have said like we've all done concussion protocols and we've all like known we're not fully fully fine but you want to keep playing so you'll like do the concussion protocol you'll make it through the concussion protocol even though you still probably got a little bit hazy in that mm. they will say are you good to continue and you will probably go yeah i'm good to continue yeah that, but that 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 I, I i agree i agree with that for a certain extent but the thing is so, you get that these it's, people it's the culture but these people but these charlie these people should be mindful of everything i think i think there needs to be a lot stricter protocols into well, it i think i'm I hoping think, I think hopefully the, uh, the idea of a roll-on roll-off sub and the idea of improving on like concussion protocol like because i think a lot of it is a culture thing you have to take it away like you know like you know like this sort of like we talk about the macho football aspect of like you're a big footballer and stuff like that you kind of may have to look at the idea of like yeah but getting I've, I've, in, I've, I've... Get to get into these kids early like do not be afraid to fucking come off and let us know you're not okay because it's like yeah i mean you're never gonna stop you know you're never gonna stop kids from headering the ball and getting but, stuck in but wait where you where you but sorry sorry to interrupt in that comment but where you said football's a macho sport listen the I, i've mentioned rugby do it cricket do it and the nfl do it both rugby things but they but if you they, it doesn't it's not frown it's not like that other than cricket them to a more macho sports than football. They, they have they have such stricter pro- basically the thing is the protocols they should 
have it in a line, check if their eyesight's fine, just check. I've, I, as I said, I've, I've had loads of concussions and what's happened is, yeah, they check, they check if you can move your finger, your eyes are actually working both ways and then you can, how you feel in, are you feeling sick or dizzy, the colour in your face? I think, these, these, I remember, these are uh, things going I remember talk sport, I remember a talk sport discussion after uh, Luke Shaw's concussion on England duty. And I think because he played like he played the weekend of that yeah. concussion. Yeah, I remember. There was a lot of debate like, is he okay? Is the concussion thing? And this is when they were discussing it. And they all said like, that was where the conversation came up of like, yeah, but we've all like, because I think it was like a few like the ex players who were on the discussion. Like, we've all done it. Yeah. We've all like said we're okay, like done the concussion test, been like, okay, I can get through the concussion test. And play where you probably know like oh, probably or even post a match if you get taken off and then they do test you and you're like yeah yeah i'll be fine i'll be fine i'll go back to training yeah and, and when the reality is it's probably like you should have a medical professional like your manager should like you know because i know managers a lot of time they're under pressure to get results and if you lose like a big player to a concussion you might think oh god he's gonna be out for ages what do i do so i think really we need to come into the culture of like coaches managers players all being like you know like you know, like, okay, you're probably going to need, like, another week off just to, like, you know, you can keep training, like, light training, but we're just going to keep you out of the game so it's nothing too intensive to it, let you get fully fully fit. Because I think this is the concern. Too many people are trying to play through these sort of, like, these type of injuries, and that's where we could see the worry of the build-up, and we need to really stop stop that part of it. Yeah, I... I... It is it is a sad story to see, but I'm glad he's oak well and David Luiz is well. We and he, hope, he, hopefully, I'm just, I'm just glad David Luiz um, walk off the pitch. To be honest, yeah. Hopefully, with Raul, I'm hoping there'll be because the only thing we, we've both talked about. I mean, I know I have especially like my mm. admiration for Jimenez as yeah. for as a player. I think he's hopefully, a good I'm hoping there'll be a, a wish. Yeah, best wishes to him, and you know, I think Wolves they did. Great to win the game. Yeah, post let's, that. Let's, let's speak about the game first because putting a better note. Well, if you're Arsenal fan, it's not a good note. But if you're a Wolves fan, happy days. You beat Arsenal uh, again, probably. At the Emirates. Yeah. Um, is it is it how good Wolves are, or is it how bad Arsenal are at the moment? What? I think we need to give Wolves a little credit. That front three. Played very well together. Like, yeah, you'll we'll give their talisman out as well. So. Podence and Neto have been like amazing, like so good this season. I think as far as like their yeah. forward play for, for their age, especially like Podence is like a little machine man. Like you just see him like his goal, like he's going down, like trips over, like off a tackle, and he still like just doesn't dive, doesn't do anything. He just goes forward, scores the goal. Like that's a mentality that I appreciate. Like you know, he's just concerned about winning, going for the goal. Yeah, Neto had a think of fucking blinder. Like his energy levels are insane. Like even like towards the end when you can see Arsenal starting to flag, he was still pressing. Like yeah, I... with like such super intense. Yeah. Uh, Traore's Traore. He's always going to be a handful. I didn't think uh, Fabio Silva was. I thought he did good I, for his yeah, debut. I didn't, I, didn't, he, I didn't think he was did play that bad. You could see the rough spots, obviously, where he's still so young and oh, not yeah. got a lot of minutes yet. But he'll he'll come good. I think he did like certain uh, yeah, certain aspects of his game. I liked. You know, he'll uh, we'll have to see. I think you know it, it might be one of these now where it's like you're going to have to start like with Raul being out. Like you're going to put you got a lot. Of, you got a lot. Well, 
more like you got a lot of on the job training to do. Yeah. But he's got a good he's got a good squad around him, I think, to cover for his sort of um learning aspects. And you like I said, you know, Podence and Neto. Him Podence and Neto are also really young as well, and I think they show a lot of confidence for their age, a lot of maturity as yeah. players. And I feel like, you know, Fabio Silva that is that Wolves team in a lot of aspects. You know, obviously we have like Matinho, Cody, um, like senior players. The young players, I think, you know, they've got a lot of good people to come up under. And, you know, that Wolves team, for like as young as that squad probably is as an overall, like, they don't feel like, you know, ain't like, you know, when we see academy players come through and they have to be babied a little bit or you see the expectancy of like struggles. A lot of the time, the Wolves boys will tend to sort of like hit the ground running. Like Kilman's looked good since he debuted. Obviously, um, Neves has had a good couple of seasons in the Prem now, and he's for his age still really good. Podence and Neto, since they've really become starters, I think have just like again, you know, hit the ground running and don't seem um, scared. But yeah, they don't seem overawed. They don't seem overawed or like you know, like you know, like some teams they like kind of. You know, if you're like losing games, you might go a little bit like, "Oh, fuck!" Mm. Just defend, try and get through this. Like them to continue to sort of just like like aggression. Like you know, we want to score goals. Like we want to be like you know on the front foot. Exactly. And it, it, it's probably like the most. It's the most attacking. I think Wolves have been like. I mean, they've always been like a good counter attack. A good counter attack inside, but this is starting to feel like a proper, a proper, proper attacking wall side. You know what I mean? Yeah, but let's speak about Arsenal quickly because they they haven't won in a while. Um, they've been god awful. Well, to put it in context, this month their goal of the month winner was Gabriel, who that that goal last night was the only got like. It's it's worrying signs, isn't it? Like you lose two two you you draw to Leeds, you lose two one to Wolves, you lose to Aston Villa, you beat Man United at the start of the month. You've only scored in the Premier League. You've only scored two goals. One was a penalty, yeah. and one one was Gabriel's header. So from yeah, and I think that's saying summer. Like when you look at. Arsenal, the fixtures aren't going to get any easier. Like they, no. they're going into a derby against a Tottenham team who are trying to who build. Lost, yeah, who haven't lost in five, five games. Yeah, top of the table, and they're going to want to stay top of the table. Yeah, mm, it's, um, it's going to be tight. Really, we give credit. I tell he does what he does a lot of what he what he's got. Yeah, I don't the think that's the a... be, I don't think that's the best Arsenal team he's got. Well, you're missing Partey, which is yeah. a big loss. Yeah. Because, you know, he's looked good in the small cameo we've sort of seen of him in the Prem. Mm-hmm. The issue of a lack of creative midfielder without Ozil is going to be an issue for a while. I think they're still, they're still trying to find the creative outlet in that midfield. Like they've got, as you say, they've got loads of players outside of Ozil. Like, you've got Saka emerging Tobias looks like a good old midfield mid midfielder in in the mix um Pepe you've seen some signs of Pepe's actually become a really good like crossover the ball set piece taker but they're still missing a load of pieces Arsenal and they're not 
the but finished article just to yet. put a point to that that's a lot of young talent players they're relying I know, on i know the senior it? players like lacazette is been oh, fuck. Shy he's, he's, this season. He, shy. he's been reduced to a bench player pretty much yeah i um, think i think eddie nketiah has been better than him basically. yeah ozil was being ghost for fucking a year now <laughs> yeah pretty much since arteta's been there he's been non-existent no saying that he had a really good Before game that, he had a yeah, really good no he had no saying that he had a really good game against man united on new year's day so yeah he's 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 he hasn't had a really good start to his um working under arteta and but i i, I don't know i just i just think that's the biggest well, and, about, or, and then the main the main main concern is you're recently re-signed Yang, golden boy has a goal to his name, I believe. I think it's two goals. <laughs> this a penalty is... and... Probably another penalty. <laughs> you know but what yeah, I mean? It's, so... it's worrying signs of Arsenal now. It's concerning. They're, they're sitting 14th in the league, won four, lot drawn one, lost five. Right, and, every, and, and you can cast your mind back to when Arsenal beat Man United at Old Trafford and they were all saying that, oh, Arsenal, this is the Arsenal team. Well, since I think the fact that, oh, you know, that beating game. Liverpool, beating, you know, beating Liverpool, beating City, winning the FA Cup, but it had momentum and we've slowly just watched this momentum drift off into... Arsenal being Arsenal. Yeah. Typical Arsenal much. being Arsenal. And, and yeah, hey, they are. I think, what do you think? Do you the think Tottenham game will... is, the, the Tottenham game on the next week is going to be a crunch time moment in fact. Arteta's going to be, he's going to be proper under, 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 under pressure. Under the if he doesn't, yeah. under the coach, if he doesn't get a fucking result. And it's literally like, and again, it's just this, you know, the derby is still a big issue in that, especially because of like, like we said in previous ones, like the power shift, Arsenal being considered like a continued, uh, a constant top four side cup winning team. Spurs being Spurs is, and we debated this uh, uh, last year, uh, early in the year, who we thought was going to finish higher, Arteta's Arsenal or Mourinho Spurs. And I said Mourinho Spurs. (laughs) No, no, no. If cast your mind back to when we did predictions, you said Arsenal will finish top four. Did I say that? Yes, you do. I said it was City, Liverpool, not in that order, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United. And you said you said all three other than Chelsea, you swapped them with Arsenal. So I, I may have let Arsenal... my buy I may I may have let my anti my anti Lampard bias like get get ahead of me in that one. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I, th- but I think I think we're both wrong here. <laughs> but I, I I did in when we did the Arsenal Tottenham debate after the last derby we watched say I think Mourinho had more tricks up his sleeve oh yeah to, yeah to come higher well it, like all considering I feel I, I feel I feel like really like this becomes the you know Arteta's probably fucking gonna be a little bit worried like what the like you know he's thinking I've got to do something here because this is gonna be a tough tough fixture it will be. It will be. And Mourinho ain't going to take it lightly. Like, no, no. I've been coming off a draw and everything like that against Chelsea. Like, I think I think he wanted the draw against Chelsea. Oh, he, really. I think he wanted the draw. But now, 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 who are we looking for blood? 
And yeah. I think he'll look at the state of this Arsenal team and think, I can get a result from this team. Yeah, I, th- I, it's not, I don't think it's... Mourinho for, um, Mourinho, for how pragmatic he is, he can be fucking ruthless. <laughs> and I think this is an opportunity where he will be ruthless and probably... Oh, it's to get one, up against, it's get one up against your noisy neighbours, really. So, it, any derby match has always got a bit of heated animosity to it. So, it's going to be interesting. I think it, Arsenal... I just think Spurs are going to win that, personally. I can be wrong. I have been wrong so many times on this podcast. So, don't. if you want to bet, don't take my advice on a bet. Just don't bother. It's probably going to be rubbish. But speaking about Tottenham versus Chelsea, that was a fucking shit game, wasn't it? I nearly fell asleep during the first half. Yeah, I, 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 I was eating my dinner, right, and I thought, I just watched it. I just watched it and I was like, oh, this is so boring. Like, I've actually decided to eat my dinner watching the football, which I don't really do that often. But fucking, fucking hell. It was, what it was, it was Mourinho just saying, I'd, I'd happily take a point against Chelsea. I'd happily take a point against Chelsea and just part the bus, which they did. And they I mean, really... the danger of it really was, and I feel like very pragmatic coaching and management in that I don't think either one, like, I mean, the Lampard was under Jose for a fucking many years, and Jose probably taught a lot of it, knowledge onto Frank. And it's almost that thing of like, you know, know thy enemy. They know each other so well, but they were also, it's almost like, no, it was like, it was very much like a mental, mental game, like chess game. Neither one wanted to make the first big move because they didn't know what was going to happen. I think we saw the aspects of that creeping out in that Chelsea tried to go front footed and they could see Jose, like the Tottenham side, doing what they tried doing. They tried breaking on the counter, getting the ball to Son or Kane. And then at that point, I think Lampard was like, okay, let's calm it down a little bit. Like, not not let them, uh, not let them get too carried away. And that kind of reduced it to like a, like a stalemate almost. And don't get me wrong, I think second half, Chelsea tried, you know, making some changes, bringing on Havertz, um, Pulisic. They were, they were clearly Giroud. They were clearly trying to make stuff happen in the kind of final moments of the game to sort of get the win. But again, you're playing against like a Mourinho side. Like he's got them guys drilled. If it's like to play the low block so well, stay compact, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be special to break down Mourinho sides, I feel, and, or get lucky. And really, it just felt like they both took too long. Yeah. (laughs) Too long. And I think, I think, you know, it was funny because I feel like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on Sky Sports was saying like Mourinho will be happy with his draw. Like when they when they were not post match, Mourinho was like, "Ah, oh, we weren't happy, we weren't happy." For Hasselbank was like, "Oh no, he's gonna be fucking happy with that because he's yeah, like." He, he and got... he said, "He said, look at Tottenham. They go to Stamford Bridge all the time and essentially like make a habit of getting battered." Yeah, yeah, it's, it's numerous years they've ha- that's happened. To and me. the fact that he got a draw against that side, a, a decent growing into itself Chelsea side. Yeah, who's, who has, who are improving week by week. Yeah, like, Hasselbank is like, no, he'll be, he'll be happy with that result. And I think I agree with him because I thought about it and I looked at, like, the fact that Ben Davies came on for a forward player 
and I was thinking, and I in like the last ten minutes, and I was like, he's going for the draw. Like yeah. I called, I was like calling in my head. I was like, Marino's so going for the draw right now, bringing on like an extra defender just to like just just to... on off everything, just to like, yep, yeah, no, you ain't. It's... There's no hole in my bucket. He's done that, like, you know, we've seen him do it, like, when he's gone 1-0 up. We'd seen him when he's, like, drawing and stuff like that. Like, he will then just, like, kill a game off, man. Yeah. Park the bus. Yeah. Park the bus, man. It's a a traditional Mourinho type of thing. Park the bus. Let's ride the game. Ride it out. No fucks. Just ride it out. And, yeah, he's managed to do do the right, right decision. And they're still top of the table with the Liverpool draw which we should talk about now yeah it, yeah um a lot of var was involved in this jürgen klopp wasn't really happy about it with the post well he said yeah the var made the right decision and then whoever the bt guy was says no no you didn't and then he had he snapped it in saying well you always criticize me about this 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 so i'm agreeing with the ref and now you're criticizing me again he's basically saying i can't win um klopp Klopp, I don't want to say it was like a full full blown meltdown, but I feel like Klopp's definitely feeling it a little bit as far as. Oh yeah, uh, he, he's probably uh, he's probably the English media is probably getting to him. That's... Well, I think he's developing a little bit like a bit of a uh, us against the world us against the world mentality. Well, yeah, Which, I, like, I would. We've, we've I seen would. top managers. We've seen top managers do it. You know, Jose's yeah. always been us against the world, especially when when. When it's like the chips are down and he's sort of like under pressure, we've seen Jose snap a little bit and like become a little bit like agitated. Like, mm, yeah, oh, this, this is against me. This is against me. Yeah, fuck this. But fuck that. Fergie instilled that shit because he fucking Fergie almost thrived off it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, ah, I'm, fucking, not everyone's against me. I'm, Guardiola's I'm done great, that. Like, Guardiola's done that a few times. Um, yeah, you've had loads of managers. Back in the day. Wenger yeah. always loved the fucking moan. Like when the fucking he tried getting Throwing's fucking band. <laughs> yeah, because he could, he couldn't he couldn't handle Rory Delap's yeah. throwing. You've been reading the book, haven't you? Yeah, when shit don't go your way, you you want to have a moan and complain. I felt like is complaining about VAR. You know that that's something that's just been justified by like many managers Every complaining managers, about it. Uh, the fucking other players, the Milner fucking. Milner wrote something about it on his Twitter, I think, about we need yeah. to have a discussion about VAR. Yeah, um, what else did they mention? Not but, five subs, well, he's had a bit of a moment. Well, about that. that was the weirdest one, because he essentially, like, took a shot at, like, Chris Wilder. Serves Wilder him, then... Serves him right, that's why, that's why they're bottom of the table. Chris Wilder got asked about it, and he was just like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Like, the thing, like, the... Again, Sky Sports being cheeky, trying to ask it, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you know, Jürgen's... You know, I think can have his opinion and everything like that. But, you know, as as he said, like, you know, no one's looking out for Sheffield United either. Like, we're struggling. I'm being pragmatic right now. I don't think we're going to fucking like, have a, you know, I'm pretty much just looking to get about, about winning getting above, <laughs> yeah, winning games and getting above three teams. I'm trying to survive. Yeah. And he's, you know, and I think, you know, it's fair. He's probably thinking, like, looking at Jürgen Klopp, like, fuck you. Like, you know, my team ain't, like, no fucking richer than yours. But I ain't got like a I ain't got a war chest. Nah, I I I agree. Yeah. With, I agree with Jurgen Klopp. I agree Jürgen, with Jurgen Klopp because you got, you okay, got you, no no Jurgen's no. Jurgen's main artillery, right? Is Jurgen's big guns are fucking out. That's always like, a lot of his big guns are out. Always going to be a problem. Shit happens. 
But Wilder's probably thinking, like, I've got a very functional squad. I don't exactly have, like, endless amounts of depth. Yeah, but... You know, that's going to be a lot of... Yeah, but... Benef- you... This is the, the five-sub argument. Fair that you might save injuries. There's also a lot of managers who are like, I don't even got... I don't got three... I don't got three fucking subs good enough to put on the fucking Premier League start and shit like that. Like, but, but it's not their problem. always... There's always going to be arguments from both sides. Yeah, it's but, like... but, but but I don't under, I don't get I get, get oh we don't have big enough squads. You you get you get 130 million a year. Where does all that money go? Do you know what I mean? Where, where does yeah okay you signed Rian Brewster for 20 summit million. You could have got a few good players just just the same just similar value to him. I don't get it. I don't understand. Every other division in the world have got five subs. Every other division, Spain, Italy. Fucking the championship have got five subs. Come on, bruv. Why? why, why? Yeah, if championship's got five subs. You watch any championship game, you scroll through Sky Sports, you see five subs. Yeah, I was having a brain moment. I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah, championship. Yeah. the championship have got five subs. And the Premier League doesn't. Why? No wonder most of these teams, most of these guys are dropping like flies, especially teams who are in Europe. They're, they're battling in Europe. And... I guess this is... The 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 five subs argument has always been used to the fact that it mainly just benefits teams in Europe, where is the benefit to a Premier League side? Well, yeah, you, like. you, you should you should look you should look at look at Brighton. Okay. Brighton, Brighton, Brighton. You, if you have an Adam Lallana injury, you've just lost one sub, a sub coming look on, at, and a sub going off. Look at the look at the um the managers like when they talk about it, man. Like you know the guy like Klopp moaning about it. I think Oli Ollie, had a pop Ollie's, about Ollie's fixtures and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure if Mourinho loses someone big, he'll start complaining about fixtures. Arteta with his squad probably thinking, "Oh, like it, it makes sense if you're playing, really, if it, you're, especially, you know, especially these teams who but, are playing, who playing tw- twice a week up until the new year. You're playing twice a week up until the new year. You've got shitty Carabao Cups." Shitty fucking internationals. Half of these players are playing anyways because they're Premier League players, so most of them will get in the, their international squad. So why why can't they make five subs? Why have to make it's five weird. subs in the Champions League? And it's stupid. It's weird because I feel like it's really a mentality thing and like a change of like pace of football. Because I think like the old school mentality was like you look at you know teams that did win multiple trophies in the past, like. A lot of the time, it really just came down to, like, you were dogged and you had to be something special to, like, win, like, say, a Prem in an FA Cup or a Premier League or a Champions League or a Champions League in an FA Cup. You had to be a bit more, like, down and gritty. And you got... It made shit more special, like the treble-winning team, like the Miracle in Istanbul for Liverpool when they won Champions League and FA Cup that year and stuff like that. Like, they didn't have, like, necessarily depthy, depthy squads, but they did what they did with their teams. And they went against, like world-class teams i think the argument now is like the big money teams are always going to survive better like for as good as what pep did with the 100 points in the prem and like winning the domestic quadruple was it quad yeah, it was four yeah. trophies in the end wasn't it? if we count community shield but um you know pep had the squad depth he had the money to like buy players that he could throw out and but, but they're dropping like flies as well City. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like he was able to, like you know, win Carabao's and FA Cups because he's like, you got a B team. Mourinho joked about it. He was like, yeah, yeah I think the the City B team win will yeah. come forth. I, I think even now, like you know, Klopp has at times sacrificed. Well, 
you know, sadly, we consider insignificant trophies. Like, I love FA Cups because I think you do get like some interesting matchups. But when it came to them playing Shrewsbury, he's like, I'm putting out the kids. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, the Carabao he Cup, he was like, the Carabao Cup is like, you know. Yeah, the Carabao, he, Carabao Cup, they were in Qatar. He all, yeah, yeah, yeah they were in Qatar for the Super, was it Super Cup? Yeah, Super League. Yeah, Super Cup. Yeah, no, I mean, no, World it, Club yeah, Cup. It's, yeah, and it's, you know, he. You know, the World Club Cup is in certain sectors of world football considered a big, uh, a big uh, accomplishment. And he was probably like, "Fuck it, I'd rather win that than the fucking Carabao." We'll put the kids out for the Carabao, and obviously they lost to Villa. And you know, it's he feels he's making a lot more, I think, sac- sacrifices to to survive to win the big ones, the Prem's and the Champions Leagues. I get where he thinks this five sub thing means they're like, oh, I could, you know, mix my team up more, throw like the some of the younger lads in with like a Milner or a in Ket, uh, a Ket, got my brain, Keita, um, fucking Minamino, like you can mix and match essentially. But I get it. I get whether I do get. I know, like you know, people just go and moan. It's like, oh, it's because you're shit and you don't care. But like you know. Scott Parker, Slavin Bilic, Chris Wilder, fucking, um, God, I'm trying to go down at the bottom. Like, probably even like Sean someone Dyche, like a Graham Potter, Sean Dyche. They're all probably thinking, why the fuck do we care? <laughs> like, we ain't in Europe. We're trying to survive. Like, we're just trying to get through a season, essentially. Like, look at Burnley, man. They can't buy anyone. <laughs> they're like, they're like, mate, we, we are like trying to hold together the players we've available 11 we got with glue. <laughs> Yeah, why the fuck do we care? Yeah, they're probably thinking, why the fuck do we? So, why the fuck do we want to like give like anyone a leg up? You know, they're they're already thinking like, and that's that mentality of like us against them, the top against the bottom. Like, yeah, the top sides think everyone's against us because they know we're great and they want us to fail. The lower teams are probably thinking, you all just want to don't give a shit if we're getting relegated. Why the fuck should we give a shit about you? We're gonna fucking just mm-hmm. we, we we go again. <laughs> yeah, we go again. But anyways, um, we are running out of time today. Um, but this has been quite an interesting podcast. Got quite a lot done when we didn't really have much planned. Um, a lot, lot of shit. Happened. A lot of lot of controversial. Uh... Yeah, a lot of shit has happened this weekend. I have to admit, a lot of shit has happened. Um, anyways, be curious. We've still we've still got surprisingly. We've still got two more games coming up. We've um, got Leicester Fulham. Yeah, yeah. Leicester can uh, go, if Leicester win this, they can go above Liverpool. Oh, yeah. naughty. So, and um, I think you, they got a Fulham or a team that still scrambling to get points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then you got, so I think, you know, they're going to they're gonna try and bring the fight to Leicester, I think. And, you know, we'll be curious to see what happens. Curious. Leicester or another one of them. Leicester or another one. You know, it's, that's a funny thing. Actually, we talk about these big teams moaning about not having the debt for Europe. Like Leicester are in Europe as well, and they've not got a lot of their starting eleven. And they're, we haven't really heard anyone like Brendan Rodgers or yeah, a Jamie but, but I, don't, or... I, don't, I don't. I don't see a Leicester complaining about that too much. Really, <laughs> we're just happy. They're, they're still in that mindset. Yeah, like we're yeah. just happy to be here, bro. Yeah, yeah, we're just happy to be. Here. But anyway, but you um, know. 
Let's oh, and then we got um, Villa West Ham. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that game. Battle yeah. of the Clara and Blue Tops. Yeah, yes. Yeah, very, yeah. Well, anyway, Another interesting game because I think Villa are still in this weird stage of trying to get momentum, and I think West Ham are like a team that I think they they probably still thinking we need to start getting more points on the board because we don't want to be right again the bottom again. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to give anyone a chance. Nah, obviously. Nah, but anyways, um, that is it from us of left back on the bench. Um, Charlie, thank you very much for doing this podcast. Yeah, you're welcome, man. That's no, good. Good talk. Good talk. So um, follow us on our Twitter page, which is uh, left back on the B2. Um, we I am we are back on there now. Uh, not not so much Facebook, but Twitter is our main source of contact. So if you ever want to like come on the show or you want to put a point ideas, to then yeah, you're more than welcome to contact us there. Um, don't really do Facebook, but I can get Facebook messages if you message us on Facebook at Left Back on the Bench podcast. The Facebook page is there if you do decide. Yeah, yeah Facebook is there, page is there. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, you can catch us on uh, mainly Anchor. Go to our Anchor page. You see all our podcasts on our main Anchor page, but we're also so on... The main ones, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I uh, guess Google Podcasts are a thing. Overcast, um yeah, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, I guess, are the two main ones, though. Yeah, yeah. If if you you don't have to, but if you'd like to rate this podcast, maybe even give it a review on Apple Podcasts would be muchly appreciated. But um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, we are left back on the bench. Uh, hope you're staying safe, and we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>